Welcome to Keep the Faith Ministry. Keep the Faith brings you timely messages with in-depth spiritual analysis of current events in light of Bible prophecy so you can prepare for the coming of Jesus. Listen to what the news won't tell you. Here is another important message for our times. This is Pastor Hal Mayer. Dear friends, this month we have a special treat again. Our speaker is Elder Lawrence Nelson, the founder of Keep the Faith Ministry. I hope you enjoy this message. It is part two of a two-part series that I believe will help you prepare for the end times. Elder Nelson prepared this sermon recently, and it is his prayer that God will bless you as you listen to its message. The Divine Connection What We Must Do to Receive This Gift, Part 2 Let us turn to Holy Scripture to continue our study of the divine connection that must take place in our lives so we can be ready for citizenship in the soon coming Kingdom of God. Our text is found in John 3, 5. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Let us bow our heads in prayer for heavenly guidance. Our loving Father, we all realize we are facing the end of this world and the coming of thy eternal kingdom. We need divine assurance that we are ready. Please open our understanding with thy Holy Spirit that we may know without a doubt that we have met every requirement. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. We begin with Christ when he was upon this earth. In our previous study, we discovered there was nothing different about his humanity from our humanity. Yet, he did not sin. But all who have ever lived on this earth have sinned. What made this difference possible since inspiration teaches that Christ never used his divine nature to aid him in meeting temptation. The answer we discovered is that from his birth on earth, Christ was connected to God. Just as Adam and Eve were connected with God when he created them. Inspiration is very clear on this point. Volume 7, Bible Commentary, page 926. Christ came to the earth, taking humanity and standing as man's representative to show in the controversy with Satan that man, as God created him, connected with the Father and the Son, could obey every divine requirement. 
and in Signs of the Times, December 10, 1896, we are told, Christ left his heavenly home and came to this world to show that only by being connected with divinity can man keep the law of God. So now we know why Christ came to this earth to demonstrate that when a man is connected with God, humanity is enabled to live without sin. We are further told in Volume 7, Bible Commentary, page 925, He met man as man and testified by his connection with God that divine power was not given to him in a different way to what it will be given to us. Now we know why Christ was different, why he never sinned, and one of the reasons he came to this earth. This brings us to a new question. How can we receive the same gift that made Jesus different? Jesus explained to Nicodemus how this could be done. John 3.3 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Our Lord used the words, born again, born of the Spirit, to teach us how we may receive this gift of connection with God. The Savior continues to clarify in John 3, 6 and 7. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. Jesus is referring to our birth in this world as born of the flesh, but we must be born again of the Spirit if we would enter the kingdom in the new earth. To help us understand how this is accomplished, the Savior illustrates with the actions of the wind. In John 3.8, The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. We are all aware that the wind is invisible, yet it produces effects. Just so works the Spirit. It cannot be explained, but it can be experienced when we receive a connection with God. Next, we find Jesus teaches that we must do something ourselves in order to receive this precious gift. He uses the illustration of the experience of Moses in the wilderness. In John 3.14 we read, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Let us listen to inspiration explain the meaning of this scripture. 
Desire of Ages, page 174, 175. The people well knew that in itself the serpent had no power to help them. It was a symbol of Christ. As the image made in the likeness of a destroying serpent was lifted up for their healing, so one made in the likeness of sinful flesh was to be their redeemer. Romans 8, 3. With this understanding, Jesus explains what we must do in order to be connected with God. The Bible says in John 3.16, Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Yes, it's that simple. All who will truly believe in Jesus as their personal Redeemer will permit the Holy Spirit to create a change within their sinful nature. In that wonderful book, Desire of Ages, page 173, it states, When the Spirit of God takes possession of the heart, it transforms the life. Sinful thoughts are put away. Evil deeds are renounced. Love, humility, and peace take the place of anger, envy, and strife. Joy takes the place of sadness, and the countenance reflects the light of heaven. No one sees the hand that lifts the burden, or beholds the light descend from the courts above. The blessing comes when by faith the soul surrenders itself to God. Then that power which no human eye can see, creates a new being in the image of God. It is impossible for finite minds to comprehend the work of redemption. Its mystery exceeds human knowledge. Yet, he who passes from death to life realizes that it is a divine reality. The beginning of redemption we may know here through a personal experience. Its results reach through eternal ages. All this takes place when we truly believe in Christ. But what does it mean to believe? John the beloved disciple who recorded the words of Christ in John 3.16, also wrote the epistle of John in chapter 1, verse 12 and 13, in which he gives the meaning of the word believe. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. In this scripture, John defines a person who believes 
as one who is born of the Spirit. Let us never forget this, for regardless of our so-called belief, if we are not born again, Jesus will say of such, I never knew you. So it is vital for us to understand the term born again. For both the Bible and the spirit of prophecy use words and phrases to describe the meaning of born again. Here are some of those words frequently used. Born again, converted, conversion, new birth, a new heart, regeneration, the reception of Christ's righteousness, the reception of divine grace, the gift of the Holy Spirit, partakers of the divine nature, and connected with God. These words and phrases used interchangeably are all represent the born-again experience. Isn't it wonderful what God wants to do for you and for me? If only we will surrender our will to his will. Christ will give to us a new birth to experience a regeneration in which we receive of Christ's righteousness and we will become filled with the Holy Spirit to connect with Christ's divine nature. But many today, like Nicodemus, are asking, how can these things be? Inspiration gives the answer. In Volume 1, Mind and Character and Personality, page 72, we read, the mind controls the whole man. All our actions, good or bad, have their source in the mind. To comprehend this more fully, let us go back in our thoughts to when Adam sinned. In the Signs of the Times, January 20, 1897, we read, Adam severed his connection with Jehovah. Now keep in mind, there was no immediate change in his physical body, nor in his physical brain, but there was a change in the function of his mind. In Review and Herald, 1887, we read, after the fall, there was not given to man another set of faculties. The powers given him before sin entered the world through Adam were high, and their aims holy, all in perfect harmony with the divine mind. The fall did not create in man new faculties, energies, and passions, for this would have been a reflection upon God. It was through disobedience to God's requirements that these powers were perverted, the affections were misplaced, and turned from the high and holy purpose 
to a lower aim and to meet a lower standard. Originally, man's affections were in perfect obedience to God's will, but they have been perverted, misused, and degenerated by disobedience. However, in the new birth experience of being born again, the connection with God, which Adam severed, is reestablished in us through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. In Volume 2, Mind, Character, and Personality, page 692, the Spirit of God does not create new faculties in the converted man, but works a decided change in the employment of these faculties. When mind and heart and soul are changed, man is not given a new conscience, but his will is submitted to a conscience renewed by the working of the Holy Spirit. A true conversion completely changes the life of the individual. Volume 4 of the Testimonies, page 17, states, True conversion is a radical change. The very drift of the mind and the bent of the heart should be turned, and life becomes new again in Christ. This is further explained in Volume 5 of the Testimonies, page 219. All the powers and passions of the converted man are brought under the control of Christ. The results of this divine miracle is described by Paul in Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I like the way evangelist A.T. Jones explains this miracle as found in Review and Herald of April 18, 1899. The scripture does not say, let this flesh be upon you, which was also upon Christ. But it does say, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, Philippians 2.5. The scripture does not say, be transformed by the renewal of your flesh. But it does say, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Romans 12.2. We shall be translated by the renewing of our minds, end quote. This is why it is so important that we be born of the water. John the Baptist prepared the way for Christ to baptize with the Holy Spirit by preaching a message of repentance and baptism. And today, Ellen White also declares in volume two of Selected Messages, page 19, repent, repent, repent was the message rung out by John the Baptist in the wilderness. 
For John said in Matthew 3.11, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. When Jesus began his ministry in Galilee, he preached what John had foretold Christ would teach. Mark 1, 14 and 15 gives us the exact words Christ preached. I quote, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. This is why when Jesus talked with Nicodemus, he told him, ye must be born of the water. Baptism is very significant. It means that all previous sins have been repented of and washed away. The old life in which sin ruled has been buried in the water of baptism. The individual is risen to a new life. He has received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the law of God is now written in the mind. In the Desire of Ages, page 176, it tells us how this is done. The light shining from the cross reveals the love of God. His love is drawing us to himself. If we do not resist this drawing, we shall be led to the foot of the cross in repentance for the sins that have crucified the Savior. Then the Spirit of God, through faith, produces a new life in the soul. The thoughts and the desires are brought into obedience to the will of Christ. The heart, the mind, are created anew in the image of him who works in us to subdue all things to himself. Then the law of God is written in the mind and heart, and we can say with Christ, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Psalms 40, verse 8. Beloved, isn't that beautiful? But today, God's remnant church is facing a very sad time. For repentance, which is so absolutely necessary to be born of the water, is being neglected and ignored. The fact is, it's almost never presented. In its place is preached the gospel of love by our ministers, teachers, and evangelists. Please, don't misunderstand me. The gospel of love and Christ's sacrifice for our sins is true and appealing. However, with the gospel of love, there must also be preached a message that we must repent of our sins. Ellen White counseled about this end-time situation in Volume 2 of Selected Messages, page 19. Some open revival meetings, and by this means 
call large numbers into the church. But when the excitement is over, where are the converted ones? Repentance and confession of sin are not seen. The sinner is entreated to believe in Christ and accept him without regard to his past life of sin and rebellion. The heart is not broken. There is no contrition of soul. The supposed converted one has not fallen upon the rock, Christ Jesus. The Old and New Testament scripture show us the only way in which this work should be done. Repent, repent. Repent was the message rung out by John the Baptist in the wilderness. Christ's message to the people was except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Luke 13, 5. And the apostles were commanded to preach everywhere that men should repent. The Lord desires his servants today to preach the old gospel doctrine, sorrow for sin, repentance, and confession. We want old-fashioned sermons, old-fashioned customs, old-fashioned fathers and mothers in Israel. The sinner must be labored for perseveringly, earnestly, wisely, until he shall see that he is a transgressor of God's law and shall exercise repentance toward God and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. Dearly beloved, this godly counsel has made me consider my own life. Have I truly repented of past sins? What about you? Jesus is coming so soon. I want to be ready. What about you? In God's loving appeal to his end-time church of Laodicean, he declares our greatest need is to repent, for we are declared naked without the divine connection. This is shocking news. Inspiration has declared that the vast majority of those professing to be God's remnant will depart from his church when the final test comes. Sorry to say, for years, I personally found this difficult to accept, but not anymore. In preparing this study, I've found the reason. The majority have never experienced true sorrow for sin and repented. Therefore, they are naked. They have no personal connection with God. May the Holy Spirit help us to search our hearts as I read Revelation 3, 17 to 21. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, 
that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Praise God. He is ready to forgive and to reconnect us to himself. Listen as he pleads in verse 20 of Revelation chapter 3. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am sat down with my father in his throne. Let us pray. Our loving Father, could it be that though we are members of God's true church, yet in thy sight we are naked, unconnected to divine power, because we have truly never repented? Dear God, if this be our case, shake us, awaken us, reveal to us our real condition, that we may open salvation's door and let Jesus reconnect us with his divinity. Write thy law within our minds. Break our hearts with a divine vision of Christ dying on the cross for our sins. As we repent, asking forgiveness for our sins which nailed thy dear Son to the cross, wash us in his cleansing blood. Cover us with Christ's righteousness. This we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. God is love, the heavens tell its stars above. In brilliant spell it, God is love. Rejoice and sing, my soul. All the hills repeat its glory, rocks and rills sing out the story. Oh.
I have condensed this message from a book, Gift of a Great Worth, by Leola Rosenval. If you would like to secure a copy of this book, please contact Leola Rosenval, P.O. Box 330, Hope, Idaho, 83836.